0: of the earth, be blessed by the rain, reaching up to heaven for the rain. Well, it's a special morning. I, I've, been, I've told you that we have a man coming by the name of John Dislin, and uh, he'll be here in two weeks from this weekend. And I've been sharing a little bit from his book. It's called Nehemiah Strong. Uh, life-sustaining essentials for a season of trial. You know we're going to have to, uh, in the seasons of trial, they're not to destroy you. It's not destruction. It's actually to be a construction. You understand that? that? That in the kingdom, the kingdom suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. And we're, on, we're a part of a kingdom that's never going to come to an end. Just put it that way. And I, I just want to read just a little bit. I'm not going to read a lot, but I told you I would just share bits and pieces from this just to stir you up. Uh, because I'm looking forward to John coming. He's a gigantic. He's seven foot tall. He's perfect for this message. Ain't nobody going to fool with John. <clears throat> and, uh, but anyway, he says, as believers, we're given power over the enemy. I mean, if you'd say yes and amen. And we're expected to wield that power. But how do we do that? Spiritual warfare has been in play since the garden. but We are now in a season of near continuous, full-spectrum spiritual assault. How many of you know that's true? The nations are under assault. All of humanity is under assault. If my dad had told me these days that what's happening in this day would happen in, you know, 10 or 15, 20 years ago, I don't know that I would have believed him. But they're happening on our watch. And then he talks about Psalm 91, how we better learn to dwell in the secret place. So he'll talk about all these things. Keep in mind your enemy's strengths and limitations. Satan and his demons can detect and exploit weakness. But he cannot know your response in advance. So he doesn't know. He just wants to prevent you from responding the correct way. Victory requires you understand when you pray. And uh, that you you wield your authority. For you have all authority over the kingdom of Satan. And God expects you to use it. And supplementary, he will also, he's ready to jump in on your behalf. you got to have great discernment. And then he goes on and talks about, how many of you know we need discernment in this hour? And then he gives some... uh, Some things to do in spiritual warfare. Number one, you cancel any legal right the enemy has. You know that, right? You cancel, all right, however he came in, you close the door, cancel through repentance. And then you call by name the spirit that you're addressing. You know, if it's a spirit of suicide, just speak to it. Spirit of suicide, I bind you in Jesus' name. And then he said, call by name, that spirit. And uh, we said that constantly declare by what authority you speak. What authority do we speak by? The name of who? The name of Jesus. And then you close off, you bind and you loose. And you cover all the people that you love and you're responsible for by the blood of the lamb. And I tell you, that's so important in this hour. you got to cover one another with the blood of Jesus. you got to do that. This week, I, um, a friend of mine, I haven't seen her in years, but uh, she's been to this church many years ago, but she put out a word that uh, witchcraft is going to be on the rise in this hour. And it wasn't just right after that. I got another message from someone, you've got to see this. There's a new program coming. I guess Disney is the creator it's gonna be on one of the networks. But anyways, nothing, it wasn't even witchcraft, it's pure Satanism. And then it's just an incredible time. And then I happen I never watch the current occupant of the of the White House's speech. Never. But this time I had to watch. I felt like the Lord said, do that, and I did. And I was stunned. No, really it wasn't, I wasn't stunned. It's exactly what I knew that it was with the backdrop of the blood red and the black and red of Satanism and stuff. And I am saying, God, this is incredible times in which we're living. You know, obviously, the politicians have not figured out how to win this fight. So obviously, it's the church of Jesus Christ. And we're going to have to be the ones that's going to rise up and uh, just take authority and be who we're called to be. Now, just say this. Say, I'm in the world, but I am not of the world. Now, you've got to say that like you mean it, okay? Say it to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, okay? Say, I'm in the world, but I am not of this world. One more time. I'm in it, but I'm not of it. Because we're of a kingdom that shall know no end. And you know, there's a world that's passing away. How many of you know our world is coming to pass? And it's just where we are and what we're doing in this incredible hour in which we live. How many of you listened to um, Chris Reed's message? I sent it out this week. Did any of you? We sent it out on our email. You were the one that told me I should watch that. If you, Most of you didn't raise your hand. You're not getting our email. Make sure you're signed up. You may want to listen to Chris Reed's message. I'm so thankful there are a few young preachers of the gospel that are standing up for truth in this hour. And I was wondering, God, are there any of the young guys actually going to stand up? And if you listen to Chris Reed's message, you'll find that there are some. And I'm thankful to God and it's just an incredible time. I want you to go over to Matthew chapter 15. I don't know how all this is going to get out this morning, but there's some things i got to release from in here. You know, there's some things that you're holding in. If you don't release them, you're just going to explode. And exploding up here probably wouldn't look too good. It probably looked like that speech the other night that was straight. Oh, if I could really tell you what I felt about it. It's straight, straight out of the pit of hell, everything he said. And anyway, it's just absolutely amazing times, and we're not going to back off. We're not going to back down. We're going to be the church, and we're the last line of defense. It's people like Bianca that stands up and just says, this is the word of the Lord. And we, maybe a few politicians will get it, and maybe they won't. You know, I hear a lot of people saying, well, if we can just hang on to November, we're going to turn this thing around. You really think the election is going to change anything? Did the last one change anything? It did. It changed it for the opposite. So we're going to need more than the election. We're going to need the elect to stand up. And that's what we're going to do in this hour. Some of you say, man... Some of you are thinking, why did I come here this morning? Others of you are saying, I'm glad I came. I'm personally glad I came. Now, in Matthew chapter 15, it talks about Jesus is declaring the people that were using his name, but they didn't have any relationship with him. And they were teaching the doctrines of men as the commandments of God. How many of you know that won't work? And in the hour in which we're living... It's not the commandments of men, it's the commandments or the doctrine that we find in the scripture. He says, These people draw near to me with their mouth, and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Now, how many of you know that's not the way it's supposed to be? And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And when he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, Hear and understand. There's some things we need to hear in this hour. We need to hear, for example, thus saith the Lord. What does the Lord have to say about the situation and the times in which we're living? But not only here, we need to understand. And then he goes on in verse 11. It's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but what comes out that defiles. Then his disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? How many of you know there are always going to be some who will be offended by what is being spoken from the church house in this hour? In fact, if they're not offended, you're probably not speaking the word of the Lord for the day. The Lord had a way of offending the religious, especially the Pharisees. And so I'm hoping we can offend some folks this morning. And, you know, I'll never forget, you know, there are things that come back to my memory all the time, and one of them is we should comfort the afflicted, but we should also afflict the comfortable. And America needs to be afflicted. The comfortable need to be afflicted and stirred up, riled up. If you're just having church as normal today after what happened in America this week, I can promise you you're not on the same level with what the Lord is speaking We should be responding with the truth and rising up and being who we're called to be. But anyway, I'm going to get there. But look in verse 13. Now, here's the encouraging part. Jesus said, but he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Did you see that? Every plant, say every plant, which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. And then he said, let them alone, for they are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into the ditch. Now, how am I going to pick it up from here, Lord, except to tell you there are two things that came to me this week. And I'm going to get to the word there. things I want to share, but but here's what I wrote down. What was once coming has come. What was seen as in the distance is near. And what is near is right here. What most thought or said could never happen is happening. What was unthinkable just a few years ago is being discussed by some. While others, they're too afraid to discuss it because they're afraid of what might would happen to them. So anyway, there's, this is an incredible time. Say I'm living in a, in a chosen time that God has chosen for me. Now, in this vision, Jesus, in Matthew chapter 15, he's speaking about those, you know, the blind leaders of the blind. Here's something else I saw this week. Okay, good. I can say it in here. There's nobody that fits this case. But I saw people who they were wearing their mask on their, you know, their face, their nose, or under their, you know, right here on your, on your throat. And they moved their mass from the throat or the nose of the mouth. And they put it over their eyes. And they were blindly, this is what I saw. They were blindly following the voices that were calling them, hey, come this way. And in this vision, they were just about to fall over the cliff. And if somebody didn't awaken them, that was going to be their, that was going to happen. They were going to fall over the cliff. And that's exactly what Jesus is talking about. The blind, leaders of the blind, and unless something happens to awaken them, the end is not going to be that well. How many of you know that if you're walking over a cliff, if you don't stop, there's a good chance it's not going to turn out too well for you. It's like the hour in which we're living. If you're not prepared for the winter, I don't know what voices you've been listening to it's it, i had this this week this came to my mind i felt like the lord said tell them it's a lot like somebody that's about to go into a rainstorm now if somebody says you need an umbrella you really need an umbrella but you don't take the umbrella guess what's going to happen when the rain begins you're going to get wet all you had to do was get the umbrella and you would have been in a place of protection can I tell you, this is not the time to be stubborn. You say, well, would God keep me dry? And he could do that. How many of you know he could do that? But he also gave you some common sense. And Anyway, let me just go back. I'm skipping back and forth. But there's a scripture, Proverbs 22:3. A prudent man sees evil or danger and hides himself, or he prepares, while the naive proceed and are punished. The Amplified, the naive, those easily misled, continue on and are punished by suffering. The contemporary English, be cautious and hide when you see danger. Don't be stupid. I mean, you know that's good advice. Don't be stupid and walk right into trouble. The Berean Study Bible says the prudent man sees danger and he takes cover He takes precaution. The sensible people will see trouble and avoid it. But an unthinking person will walk right into it and regret it later. So anyway, you might want to continue preparing for the times in which we're living. There seems to be an urgency. Now, I got five words the Lord gave me that, that we're to be in this hour. Because Jesus said in this text... You know, he said to them, you know, you're the ones that should hear and understand. But we don't want to just be those that hear and understand. We want to be also those who do what we've heard and what we've understood. Does that make sense? You guys with me? Remember back when we were in the warehouse years ago, I had a vision of people going to church. And they they were going, many were going in, but few were coming out. And I remember saying, God, what does that mean? If the Lord shows you something, it's a good idea to ask him, what does it mean? Because you probably can't figure it out. So I asked him, Lord, what does that mean? He said, many are going to hear the word, but very few are actually doing what they've heard. They're hearers, but they're not doers. And those that are hearers only deceive themselves. And you want to be a doer of the word. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you a faith that is dead. So you got to have both, right? We're not saved by works. But if you've been stirred by the Spirit of God, you're going to do those things that he's called and purposed for you to do. So we want to be those that hear, and we want to be those that do, understand and do. So here are the five words that he gave me. Number one, we're to be in this hour A voice. Say a voice. Isaiah 59. It says, you know, the standard. When the enemy comes in like a flood, what's the Lord going to do? He's going to raise a standard against it. Now, we won't go there today. It would take too long. But if you look at the standard, the number one thing, first of all, the standard is the message of redemption. And I could show you that in the Scripture But also as a part of the standard, it is the word of the Lord not departing from our mouth nor the mouth of our descendants. In other words, if the word is in your mouth, what are you going to do? You're going to speak it. Part of the standard that God's raising up in this nation in this hour is our boldly declaring the word of the Lord. If we don't declare it, who will? The politician. Many of them don't even know there is a word of the Lord. Now, some of them do, and I thank God for those that are standing boldly in this hour. But Isaiah 60 says, Arise and shine, for your light is come. I've always felt that that was no accident that Isaiah 60 was followed by Isaiah 59. That part of the standard is our arising and shining in the midst of the hour, in the midst of the darkness. So look over in Matthew chapter 3. Everybody still with me? Man, this is a great day. There are battles galore. Battles in your home. Battles everywhere you look. Guess what? Without battles, there'll be no victories. The last time I read, we are called to always triumph in Christ Jesus. How many of you say always? Always. All right, look at uh, Matthew chapter 3. In those days, verse 1 John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. And he was saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here. It's in your midst. It's right at the door. Actually, it's within. And then he says, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. So what was John, first of all? He was a voice. A voice crying in the wilderness. Have you ever felt like you're living in the wilderness? You know, is anyone listening? Well, whether they're listening or not, you're still to be the voice. You're still to cry out. That's where John was. And you're to prepare the way of the Lord. And that's the first thing he did. You know, just as John prepared the way of the first coming, you and I have a role, and that is we are to prepare the way for his second coming. How many of you would say amen to that? You know that. We're preparing the way for the second coming of the Lord. How many of you know He's coming again? It's part of our message. And we're going to shout it like we've never shouted before. And then you're to prepare a people. And if you look in the context, uh, John preached the message of repentance. He preached the message of the wrath to come. Remember those that showed up to be baptized. He said, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? You know, go bear fruit worthy of repentance. And so we're to preach that message, and he told it like it was. How many of you know John told it like it was? I appreciate Bianca. She told it like it was. She needs to win the Texas Senate. You need to run for something even much higher than that. But then we're we're to be a voice that points people to the way. Now, just think, if you were in the wilderness, let's just say a desert, And the land was close, the closest to you was only one way. If you went one way, you would get there. Every other way, you would miss it by a hundred miles. How many of you know it would be a good idea to go the one way? So you'd need to make sure your eternal compass, whatever it is, those that are led by the Spirit, that'd be a good compass. The Holy Spirit, you gotta be going the right way to end up at the destination. And so this is what John did. He pointed them to the way. How many of you know there's only one way in this hour? There's only one way. Now, I can just tell you it's you're gonna be a threat to the darkness if you declare that way. But we're gonna declare that way anyway. Because there's only one way, and his name is Jesus. So say I'm gonna be a voice. A voice crying out in the wilderness. And then the second thing, we're to be a witness. A witness. Look over in Acts chapter 1. You guys with me today? We'll go check on Isaac in a little bit. You know, obviously, you know, my mind is partly there with Isaac. It's normal. It's where we live in life. We're all in this life but anyway, let's just keep on pressing on. Look in this verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them to not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. And John truly baptized with water, but he that is coming will baptize you, what? The Holy Spirit. Therefore, when they said together, they asked him, are you going to restore the kingdom at this time, the kingdom to Israel? And he said, it's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power. Say power. Power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be what? My witnesses. It says witnesses, but you look it up, it means you are my witnesses. When you receive power, and the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now I know... Many of us have already experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But can I tell you there's a fresh baptism coming in this hour. And a fresh empowerment. We're not going into this situation powerless. We're going with our batteries fully charged. Just say my battery is being fully charged. And I pray that happens in this place. Regardless of all that happens, God, I pray everyone is plugged in and we walk out with a fully charged battery because we've got a great task in front of us. So we're a witness unto Him. And then we're His witnesses. Secondly, we're, we're sent one. Say, I'm a sent one. We've used the illustration many times that in this hour, there, there are going to be those that went and there'll be those that were sent you're going to discover which one everyone lined up on in the hours to come. Because those who, were, who simply went, they're not going to have the same power from those who were sent by the Father. So how many of you think it's a good idea to make sure you're being sent? And, and I believe that's happening in this day. We are sent ones. And then we're a witness, all that we've seen and all that we've heard. If it was up to me, Pastor Ryan would get up out of that coma and come back with a message from God and let it be shouted all over the earth that God is speaking through men that were on their way to the morgue. Now, he was going first to have all of his organs removed, but then eventually he would have ended up in the morgue. I'm sorry for being, uh, you know, a little... Mortgage this morning. I'm just saying the way it would have been. But God intervened. intervened. And, And I think that's probably where the church is today. There are people that think the church is finished in America. Can I tell you, God is still the one that he's not pulled the cord and he's not about to pull the cord. And we're going to witness all that we've seen and heard. And then a witness is a martyr. I had the strangest thought this week. You know, some thoughts you have, you want to shake them out. Anybody like that? Just like, why did I think that? I don't even want to believe that. But I just thought it came to my mind, and I'm just going to lay it out. It's like the Holy Spirit said, you know, you guys are waiting for martyrs. Can I tell you they've already been a bunch of them? It's already been a bunch of martyrs. More than you know have been martyred in these last couple of years. So anyway, we're to be his witnesses. And then the next thing, we're to be salt. Say salt. salt. Now this is where we, you know, when I listen to Chris Reed's message, the title of that message was Saved But Not Salty. Right. And I was already, the Lord had already given me these five words, so it really confirmed what Chris was speaking. How many of you know it's not a good idea to say you're saved but not be salty? I'm going to show you that from the Scripture. The Lord, He did not... He wasn't that pleased with those who lost their saltiness. And anyway, if you look over Matthew chapter 5 and uh, verse 11, He said, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you. I many of you know, that might be a good thing to remember in this hour. I personally believe if you're not in some way... Under the gun of hell's fury You're probably You're not much of a threat To the fear You're not much of a threat To the kingdom of darkness Because if you're a threat Then the enemy's going to know Who you are And what you got to do Is just continually remind Your enemy of who he is And especially who he is in you and then who you are because of who he is in you. And anyway, it goes on and on. But anyway, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you. And they say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. I'm going to say this anyway because it happened this week. I'm not going to mention names, but Shirley was in Food Lion. Or were you in Walmart? Walmart. Forgive me. One or the other, but you're in Walmart. She's just trying to get something in a lady next to her. You know, wearing a mask began basically, and I'm not going to go into great detail, but just describe to Shirley how we are really on the wrong side of everything, and there was just just persecution, accusations against us coming from this lady who claimed to know Jesus, and I, I, it actually encouraged me. I promise you. After I thought about it a little bit and in the flesh, you know, everybody wants to be well-spoken of. Unless you read and believe what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5. But anyway, at, at first I got really excited. I thought, wow, that's great, Shirley. Somebody started cutting us down and persecuting us in front of you in Walmart. Well, that's the way it ought to be. Thank you, Lord. Because that's what Jesus said. It is then good for nothing. No, no, let's read. Let me back up. Rejoice. Look in verse 12. Say, rejoice. rejoice. And be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Amen. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, verse 13. Here it is. For you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing. Now, who's speaking this? It's in red. That means Jesus. It has been good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Sound like a serious thing. In any way, I'm so grateful for Chris's message. You know, the one thing he talked about is Lot and how Lot recognized things were going awry. I mean, evil was knocking on his door. But basically, he began to compromise. And instead of confronting the evil, he allowed the evil just to go unchallenged. And it ended up costing him. His wife turned into a pillar of salt what he should have been all the time. She turned into what he should have been. I'd never heard that before. When I see Chris, he'll be here later on in a few months I'm going to say, Chris, where'd you come up with that? That's the most incredible statement I've ever heard. You'll probably tell me the Holy Spirit told me that. (laughs) I think it's amazing. But anyway, there are five characteristics of salt. And this is commonly known. I didn't come up with this. But number one, salt is an antiseptic. In other words, it cleanses, it purifies, it kills the germs. As long as you're applying the antiseptic. Now, if the antiseptic is still in your medicine cabinet, what good is it going to do for you? It's not going to do any good. I remember as a kid, they had something. They used to spray, I don't remember, the mouth, what was it? Mercuricone, whatever stuff, but they used to spray on you. It was red. Whatever happened to that stuff? They did away with it because it caused cancer or something. Oh, it had mercury in it. But everybody did it. Anyway, we survived. I don't know how we survived that. But antiseptic is supposed to prevent the disease, not cause the disease. Well, thank God they found out and they threw that stuff away. Didn't it burn? Does anybody remember? Did it burn? Well, that's why it burned. It was killing you. Anyway, you're supposed to use the antiseptic. We're the antiseptic. Say, I'm the anteceptor. And then salt is to make one thirsty. We should be making people around us hungry and thirsty for the Word of God, the kingdom of God, the presence of God, the anointing. You know, they listen, they look, they walk by us, and they should say, that man or that woman has something that I want. And um, because we have what they want, we have what they need. And his name is Jesus. And then, you know, salt is a preservative. We're to help something. It should be we're those that cause the nation to last as long as it's possibly supposed to last, Amen. as long as we're being the salt. And then it's a seasoning. It you know when you add salt, it's supposed to make everything taste better. It changes the bitter to the better. I mean, if you know, there are a lot of bitter people in America right now. I was... Anyway, I better not keep talking about that. That happened this week on national television. It was an absolute disgrace. Disgrace to our forefathers, a disgrace to our children, a disgrace to every man that ever died or woman that ever died for this nation. God. You, oh, But anyway... We got to listen, guys. It's up to us to do something about it. This is happening on our watch. The most evil darkness from the pit. And you and I are to be the salt of the earth. So it's a seasoning. And then the next thing, it's painful to open a wound and pour salt on a wound. It's like the gospel. We should be offensive And that's what Jesus said earlier that we read They were offended Well guess what He's a stone of stumbling And a rock of offense And if you and I are telling it like it is We're going to be offensive to somebody And so just be offensive It'd be better to be approved in heaven And offensive on the earth Than be You know approved on the earth And offensive in heaven In fact, I think Jesus I don't even know if you make it, Jesus said, You know, if you don't confess me before men, I'm not even going to confess you before my Father which is in heaven. And so anyway, the world has been infected, and you and I had the antiseptic, we have the answer. And then oh yeah, we've got to read it one more time. Look at the penalty of what Jesus described for not being the salt of the earth. If you if you lose your flavor, what happens? it has been good for nothing say nothing now you you what does that mean lord what does nothing mean in the greek probably means nothing but to be thrown out lord did you mean what you said thrown out and trampled underfoot by men Do you know how close we are for this to happen in America? We're like this close. It's probably a good idea that we become the salt when we have the opportunity to be the salt. And then the the next thing is we're the light. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be what? Hidden. Hidden. Now, there are some in this hour, they want to run to the hills and hide for all the things that are coming on the earth. In fact, the Bible says men's hearts, Jesus said this. Did Jesus say this? He said this. Men's hearts will fail them from fear of the things coming on the earth. Now, that's those men, but not these men and women. Do you understand that? You're not among those whose hearts are going to fail them from fear. Say, I'm not not there. We're of a different breed. We're of a different mindset, a different kingdom, totally different kingdom. And we're to be that kingdom that he's called us to be. But we're not to be hidden. We're not running to hide. We're to run into the darkness to be made known as the light of the world. I was trying to explain that to Addie. We're keeping Addie a lot in these couple of days, and you know, this season, and this, we're gonna be, it's gonna be a wonderful time. My granddaughter's the most amazing. I know everybody says their grandchildren are the greatest, most beautiful. Well, mine is, it's really the truth. (laughs) She is the most beautiful girl. I look at Addie in the face and I just am amazed. And how beautiful she is, three years old. And I was trying to explain, hey, Addie, we're on my back porch. I said, Addie, look, it's starting to get dark outside. Now, what can, what can change the darkness? How can we make darkness go away? And she starts talking about the flashlight her daddy gave her. She said, "When my daddy gave me a flashlight. And when I use the flashlight, the darkness goes, Pop. I said, she's got more wisdom than a lot of people I know. Where do you use are to be a flashlight? Let your light so shine among men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now, what does light do? Well, it gives a way to walk through darkness. It attracts, drives away the darkness. Jesus said it cannot be hidden, and we are to let our light so shine among men. Now, Jesus said we're the light. And then the last thing. Let me just review that. This is the last one. Is this making sense to anyone? Just a voice, a witness, salt, light. Here's the last one. This is what I felt the Lord said. We are the chosen and the few. The chosen and the few. Because the Scripture said, Jesus said, many are the called but few are the chosen. Now, if you look at that context, we won't today, but it's speaking about those who were not, they were not hearing to prepare for the feast, the wedding feast. They were not getting prepared for the hour and that they were entering. But also, there was one man that didn't have on a wedding garment, remember? And the master walks in, how did you get in here? You don't even have a wedding garment. And he found himself ushered out the back door. We need to get into that parable and look and see what all the Lord's saying. I believe it's a message for the hour. But in other words, if I hear correctly, you, don't, you want to be among the few that are chosen. Many are the called, but the few are the chosen. And what are we chosen for in this hour? Well, we're chosen for salvation. We're not chosen for wrath you got to remind yourself of that as things begin to unfold. You were not chosen for wrath or appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation. We are of a different kingdom, different, we're a whole different camp. And then we're chosen to reveal the glory of the Lord. Now, how's the knowledge of the glory of the Lord going to be made known... As the water covers the sea, if you and I don't make that glory known in some way, either the glory, you know, reflecting, or just declaring the glory of the Lord, showing up, you know, in the midst of places where there's been no glory for centuries, and declare, I declare the glory of the Lord is here, that this land belongs to Jesus Christ. I wonder if God's raising up any people right now on the earth that are declaring that in their nations. I know one. Her name is Annie. She's declaring the glory of the Lord in Africa. And it's just amazing to be a part of that. And then we're chosen for this hour. Say, I'm chosen for this hour. Some of you would have liked to have checked out. Maybe you could just vacate. Lord, beam me up. I've said that before, but... Sometimes you feel that way. God, just beam me up. He's not beamed you up. You're still here. So that means you're chosen. You're chosen. Does God make mistakes? Has he left you here without purpose? you you just twiddling your thumb? God, I'm waiting until you beam me up. No. That's not what we're waiting for. We're waiting to be who he's called us to be to fulfill the father's will to be everything that we're talking about the chosen i try to get this i try you know when you get a little older in ministry I'll just tell you some of the younger guys they don't think they need your counsel your you know whatever it is so they hear with one ear but it goes out the other i'm trying to let them know hey guys I know you're not into the things that are happening right now. I'm not either. I'm really not anxious to go through suffering, pain. How many of you are anxious to go through? Pain will kill you. I'm really not. It hurts. You know, where Jesus, the Bible says that we share in the sufferings of Christ. There are many people that just wish they would have left that part out of the Bible. But it's still in the Bible. Anyway, I try to tell these guys Hey, guys, you're called to the hour, you're called to a people, you're called to a place, and you're called to a period of time. If the Lord had wanted you to live at any other juncture in history, don't you think he could have worked that out? But he put you on the planet in the United States in the year 2022, about to go in not too long from now, Days or no, months are passing by like weeks used to be. Soon to be 2023. We're called to this period of time. Hey, Bianca, do you know you're called to a people, to a purpose, to a place, and to a period of time? And this is the time that we're chosen for. We're chosen even though some have passed us over. You ever felt passed over? Remember David? They didn't even know he was there. Well, they knew, but, you know, Samuel didn't. And Samuel said, is there not another? The Lord prompted him. Is there not another? And the Lord's raising up the Davids from the wilderness in this hour. And then we're chosen for, the, for kingdom purposes, for kingdom purposes. Now, if you are chosen for a kingdom purpose, and in some way you've said yes and you're fulfilling that purpose... Do you think you have a good chance of succeeding in what you're called to do? You not only have a good chance, you have a 100% chance of you're going to succeed. Because the kingdoms of this world may be passing away, but the kingdoms of our God shall endure. They're coming to pass and they're going to endure forever. And the kingdoms shall be. The kingdoms of the world Shall become the kingdoms of our God and His Christ And of the increase of His government There shall be no end And then we're called And that's what you and I are here for We're called like the Moravians That the Lamb would receive the reward of His suffering So anyway I want to pray I was able to get that out So let's go over and see if I can remember Number one we're what? A voice Number two, a witness. Number three, salt. How many of you are going to be salt when you leave here this morning? We're going to pray a fresh anointing. And number four, we're light. And then we're the chosen and the few. So, Lord, I thank you for grace to be able to get through this message. Lord, I thank you. God, for your goodness, I thank you for, Lord, that your word goes forth and your word accomplishes its purpose. It never returns void. And, Lord, I just, we say yes and amen to all of these five things. How many of you say yes, Lord? Yes and amen, Lord. We thank you, God, you've called us in this hour to be a voice in the wilderness. And though no one will listen, maybe more listening than we think. But regardless, it's not about those who listen, it's about obedience to the one who's given us the voice. So how many of you say, yes, Lord? Yes, Lord, I'm I'm your voice. Just gonna break this up. I, I want us to just confirm and just say yes to the Lord. And then secondly, how many of you, the Lord said, you are my witnesses. How many of you say, Lord, I'm saying, yes, I'll be your witness? So, Father, I pray right now for a fresh empowerment, the fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. Lord, you didn't send your witnesses out powerless, but they were plugged in. Their batteries were fully charged, and they accomplished the purpose of heaven Because of the power of the Holy Spirit The power of God that lived within them And I pray for a fresh anointing And everyone in this room Those that are watching by web stream Lord a fresh empowerment Upon the church and our nation And then number three Just say I'm the salt of the earth Lord we ask you to forgive us In any way where we've lost our saltiness God have mercy all we know to do when we read these scriptures we just say God forgive us and we thank you Lord there is forgiveness when we run to the cross and Lord we're bringing our whole nation to you we're confessing God it's obvious we've lost some of our saltiness we're not sure we've truly been the antiseptic we've been called to be and all things are happening God on our watch And though we don't have all the answers, we just want to say, God, to have mercy. And, Lord, restore our saltiness. Cause the church in this nation to be truly the salt of the earth in this hour. That you would come and sprinkle it, Lord, and then sprinkle us to be all you've called us to be. And then say, I'm the light of the world. Now, Jesus said that you are the light of the world. And you're not to be hidden under some bushel, but you're to be seen upon by men. Let men see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So, Lord, we just, right now, we get out from under the blankets. Lord, we turn away from hiding. There will be a time when we will have to hide. But right now, we must run while we can and be the light of the world. We must be what Addie said. We've got to be the, the flashlight in the midst of the darkness. And drive away the darkness. And that's who you've made us, you called us to be. And then, Lord, I thank Just say, now, Lord, I thank you that I'm the chosen and the few. Many are the called, few are the chosen. So, Lord, just say, Lord, I'm among the few. Here am I. Here am I. Send me. Use me. And Lord, I thank you that you heard our prayer. And God, I ask for the anointing to drive it home. And I pray all over this county, God, things will begin to, there would be breakthroughs. Because the church is being all that we just spoke of. And we give you all the glory. I want you just to stand And uh, we're going to be dismissed in a moment But if you're here without Jesus We're going to have some of our guys around the front And they're going to pray with you And You know, don't leave this place If the Holy Spirit is convicting you And drawing you You know, just cry out to Him The Bible says Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord Shall be saved And I'm believing that not only for me I'm believing that for my household How many of you are believing that? my entire household is going to be saved and i know it's god's will that none should perish and um, i'm going to believe him and that it's his will and we're going to just pray for people this morning And those of you that are watching we have people watch from pakistan call on him in this hour i've always believed that scripture that whosoever shall call upon the name of the lord Yes, it's about salvation, but I believe it's also about national salvation. So just call on him in this hour. Just say, God, we've lost our crops. We're facing starvation. Lord, you said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Just gather and say, Lord, we're calling on your name. As believers in Pakistan, we're calling on the only hope, the only Savior. We're calling on Jesus for salvation. Let's see what God will do. And in Africa, many are calling on him. Wherever you live in this nation, you know, there's some cities, they've, man, they're at war with God. The states are at war with God. You're not at war with God. God put you in that state. So you rise up and be a peacemaker and be the salt of the earth, be the light of the world. When it's time to get out, you get out. But you're still there. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I'm thinking about people I know in California I've heard people say you need to get out well I believe people are going to hear the Lord they're led by the Spirit if you're still there led by the Spirit of the Lord just be who you're called to be see what God will do and I know this is they're doing it many are calling out to God they're meeting they're crying out this story is not over just look at somebody next to you say this story is not over. In Jesus' name, amen.